Welcome to the Rail Market Update on the State of Freight podcast brought to you by FTR, where we share timely transportation intelligence with you on a weekly basis. The Rail Market Update is hosted by FTR's Vice President of Rail and Intermodal, Todd Tronowski. As Todd presents the information in the podcast, you can follow along and review the graphs and indicators by downloading a PDF or PowerPoint version of the presentation from our podcast landing page. A link to the PDF is available now at www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. From there, you can also find past episodes and downloads of the Rail Market Update, as well as the weekly trucking market update with Avery Vice and much more. That link again is www.ftrintel.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the FTR State of Freight Rail Market Update. I am your host, as always, the Vice President of Rail and Intermodal, Todd Tronowski. Thank you for joining us this week. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us here and, he- and listen to how the rail markets are doing from a volume perspective. Hard to believe we're already at the end of October. Thanks, uh, Halloween is upon us. And as we think about going toward the last two months of the year, it's going to be a sprint from this point forward. So we certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us this week. Now, if you don't have it on your calendar quite yet, I want to make sure you get it on your calendar now. And that is uh, the FTR Shipper Symposium taking place next month right down in Houston, Texas uh, on November the 14th. It'll be a full day of discussions from a shipper's perspective on the market. We have a keynote. We have uh, the FTR perspective. but We also have uh, thought leaders in the space from outside of our organization uh, talking as well. The goal is for this to be uh, an intimate affair, a very uh, small room uh, where everybody can, can have their thoughts uh, heard, can have their their specific, specific questions answered uh, in a smaller setting than what you would get at, say, the FTR Transportation Conference that was held in September in Indianapolis. And in addition to that, it's not just a one-day event in Houston next month. The following day, November the 15th, uh, FTR and Railroad Financial Corporation are getting together to have a joint event looking at the leasing equipment market, looking at uh, all of the all things rail equipment. For those of you that go to Palm Springs every March, think of this as your six-month update to that. Uh, you're going to have uh, both Railroad Financial's Will Geiger and Dave Nehas uh, will be there along with FTR. Uh, we'll provide the economic and freight background, again, with, with, with outside uh, folks as well to provide their perspective to the group. And then Railroad Financial will take you through the afternoon and look at how the, what all of it means for the rail equipment, rail purchasing, rail valuation side of the market. Surely you will not want to miss it. All the information, if you go out to www.ftrintel.com, everything you could possibly want to know about both events is right there for you. So with that, let's jump in. Let's talk about where volumes are this week. And there's some good news here in the numbers. Intermodal volumes took a little bit of a further increase. Uh, We had been operating, as many of you know, if you listen to the podcast all the time, in recent weeks above where we had been over the summer. Uh, we took another modest step up in the latest week. Uh, that is a good thing. 
Uh, but I, I will temper your enthusiasm just a bit. Uh, last week's numbers were a little bit, uh, they, they were a little bit about a decline, a little bit of a dip. So are we, are we just sort of coming back? Are we just sort of uh, coming out from that little bit of a pause, from a little bit of disruption in the network? And are we going to come back as we go through the next couple of weeks? We'll have to see. We'll have to sort of watch it closely. But there was at least for a, a single week a little bit of sign that, that maybe Intermodal continues to grow, continues to move in the right direction, not quite ready to say that definitively yet, but certainly watch this space as we go through the next several weeks ahead of the Thanksgiving Day holiday. On the carload side of the business, there was a very nice bounce back. Last week, volumes across carload sectors I took a noticeable step downward. We recovered a good portion of that in this week. Uh, we saw a nice bounce back. Now, not all commodity groups were created equal in that in terms of the degree of their bounce back, but certainly they, they all came back to one degree or another. Or I shouldn't say all, possibly most of them uh, came back to, to a, a fairly significant recovery uh, week to week. So we'll get into that as we get into the carload, the carload markets. So intermodal, I talked about, teased it in the open, uh, we saw a nice sequential jump, and we did. We are essentially flat with the 2022 result for the same week. So that is a glass half full, glass half empty proposition. Are, are, is it, are we in a good place that we're continuing to move higher, that we're at our highest levels of the year, or is it a bad sign that we're only back to 2022, which, as you may recall, as you can see between 2022's number and the five-year average, was not a particularly robust year for intermodal. And so what does that mean? How does that look? What does that, uh, what does that forebode going forward for intermodal? Time will tell, but certainly a glass half full, glass half empty proposition in terms of the overall absolute level of volumes moving through the system. Trailer volumes, there was a little bit of a sequential uptick in volumes on a week-to-week -week basis, but it, it was only about 300 or 400 trailers. So it really wasn't much at all, really fairly flat overall, continuing to hold right around that 12,000 trailer a week level, which is not a healthy level. It is not the kind of thing uh, that you want to see. We're down significantly on a year-over-year -year basis, more than 20%. We're down uh, much more than that compared to the five-year average. And we don't expect to see this number move much at all. We expect to see things just sort of hold at this level as we go through the weeks, months, and quarters ahead. We don't see a catalyst for growth in the trailer market as we go, as we go forward in time. The container business, a slightly different story. Uh, you look at this, you can see that uptick. It's all containers. Trailers really didn't participate meaningfully in it. Uh, a little bit further above last year than the overall number uh, would indicate, uh, and a little bit closer to the five-year average than the overall number would indicate, but still, uh, containers have work to do to maintain these levels before we see the seasonal downshift. Uh, last year, we saw it two weeks from today. So you're already sort of prepping for the end of the year. You're prepping for that, that race to the end. The only question is just, how fast will it get here in the intermodal space, in the container space? As we think about volumes, as we think about demand, 
not just for the end of the year, but also the first part of 2024. So shifting gears, talking about the carload market, carload industries generally bounced back pretty good this week from where they were in the week prior. Now, again, if you listen all the time, you know that last week's numbers were pretty disappointing, uh, pretty much universally on the carload uh, from the carload perspective. We were down significantly sequentially. We were down below last year. We were down below the five-year average. It was not a week to write home about. Now, this week, things certainly bounced back. They bounced back to essentially where they had been running before we took last week's little detour. And now we're back essentially in line with the five-year average, aligned with last year, and in line, more importantly, with where we had been running in the post-Labor Day period of 2023. So we're not seeing continued material degradation in overall carload volumes. Economically sensitive freight also bounced back. Did it get back all the way to the peak levels it was operating at before it took its decline? No, but it did get back to where it was two weeks ago. It did bounce back to those same levels. So that is good. That suggests it's a nice V-shaped bounce for economically sensitive freight. And that bodes well for the overall carload sector. As, as frequent listeners know, I love the economically sensitive freight category because I feel like it shows us what is happening in the underlying economy, what is happening when it comes to uh, the overall marketplace, the overall uh, demand for loose car railroading in the system. So the fact that this is above last year and above the five-year average and returned there very quickly, that's a good sign. That says uh, that this is just a temporary blip last week. It was not something that's going to linger with us and be with us over the last, call it, 10 weeks of the year and into 2024. So let's shift gears. Let's talk about the coal market. When we look at coal, we bounce back. We have a nice V-shaped blue line there, right back to where we were before uh, two weeks ago. We were up uh, very close to last year's level in the latest week. Still below the five-year average, coal has a lot of headwinds. Any of you who have listened to the carrier's earnings calls know that domestically, uh, coal is not looking to be a winning proposition over the next quarter and quarters ahead as we go into 2024. So even though volumes bounced back to where they had been running in the latest week, uh, they're not particularly going to stay there. We don't think we're going to be able to maintain those levels as we go through the weeks, months, and quarters ahead. The other major bulk sector on the, on the carload side of the house, the grain business. Grain volumes, unfortunately, took a sequential step down in the latest week. We had sort of taken a pause in the harvest, and the question was, were we going to go up or were we going to stay where we are? Well, we didn't either. We actually took a little bit of a step down on a sequential basis in the latest week. We are basically right on our five-year average number. We are down about 10% from where we were last year at this very same time, and we don't see momentum. We see ourselves really straddling that five-year average line and just running at what we would call historical normal levels. That's not going to be a bumper crop. That's not going to be a robust harvest in any way, shape, or form at this point. It looks to be uh, just sort of normal on an overall North American basis. Now, there's still time. It's still early. There's still time for this category to show further up upward momentum. But to this point, over the last three weeks, we really haven't seen it. We haven't seen it continue to move up. It has instead held fairly stable 
right around 36 or 37,000 carloads per week. Looking at the chemical sector, a sector near and dear to my heart, as you heard recently in the podcast, and then really more than recently in the podcast, I like the chemical sector because it's, a, again, another harbinger of overall economic activity. And over the last two weeks, we have continued to move up. We've continued to bounce off of our low, down close to 44,000 carloads a week. We're now up versus last year, again, very strongly, up above the five-year average and above 45,000 carloads a week, which is the level we've essentially treaded against for most of the year, a little bit up or a little bit down. We're back on the upside of that, uh, that 45,000 carload a week level in the latest week. Time will tell if we're able to maintain that. Certainly, we would hope to maintain at least that level as we go through the last few weeks of 2023, uh, but time will tell. Petroleum products took a, ever the slightest of a step back in the latest week, back toward the five-year average, but still very strong, still 5% above where we, where we were at this time last year, uh, still close to 22,000 carloads a week. The arbitrage between Western Canada and the U.S. Gulf remains open. That's a good thing. That's a good sign. That says that things are going well. That says that, that we have some momentum, that we have some stability when it comes to petroleum carloadings at this level, at this strong level, one of the stronger levels we've seen over the course of 2023. Stone, sand, and gravel also bounced back slightly in the latest week. Now, yes, it is a slight sequential uptick, uh, but I will point out to you that but as we started to come off of that, right around the start of the fourth quarter, uh, we were up close to our highest levels of 2023. So the fact that we're going back toward 30,000 carloads a week in the latest week, that is a good sign for us. That suggests that there is some momentum. We're essentially following 2022's trajectory in this category, where you saw a little bit of counter-seasonal, counter-cyclical uh, movement in this sector, where things moved up early in the fourth quarter before they started to slow for the holidays, as a lot of categories do. The five-year average, what we would see in a normal year, would say that volumes would be flat to down a little bit as you start to see more adverse weather in the construction business, as you start to see construction activity ramp down in certain parts of the country, uh, but not so, so far. We are seeing a little bit of a, an early fourth quarter bump here similar to what we saw in last year's numbers. Lumber and wood up a little bit sequentially, bouncing off the bottom, trying to bounce a little bit off of where it was uh, at its bottom, but still at a very weak level from an absolute volume perspective. Below 6,000 carloads a week, down about 5% on a year-over-year -year basis, down about the same level relative to the five-year average. When you think about mortgage rates at 8%, when you think about the housing market, uh, this is something that this sector just has not shown any real sign of life and is unlikely to for the next, the next several quarters. The other big part of, of forest products, you look at pulp and paper, it went up a little bit, but it went up very, very slightly. And you look at the magnitude of the decline two weeks ago in this sector, uh, it's really a drop in the bucket. Uh, the sequential uptick we got in the latest week. It doesn't do anything really to close the gap from where we were to where we are, and we are well off last year's levels. We're well off the five-year average. We're 
7% down on a year-over-year basis, and those were already weak levels in 2022. So uh, down and going lower in pulp and paper. We'll have to see if this is a stabilization point or if there's another downward leg coming in this sector in the weeks and months ahead. Automotive volumes, nearly dead flat on a sequential basis, but flat at a relatively good level, still above 25,000 carloads a week, still above the five-year average, still 5, 6, 7% above last year's levels, so still a healthy number. Now, all eyes are on the UAW strike. All eyes are on when we're going to start to see the effect of that action show up in the rail volumes. To this point, there really hasn't been a noticeable impact from the strike. That may change with this week's announcement that the UAW is going to expand its action against a major GM plant in Texas. Uh, that could certainly have an effect on these numbers over time. But we also heard another news report later in the week that maybe that there's a deal coming with Ford that could be the basis of an agreement with the other automakers. So we will have to wait and see there, given the conflicting information, given the, the conflicting signals coming out of the UAW uh, right now, we'll have to see what it all means and how big the impact actually is for rail movements of, auto of automobiles and finished products. To this point, like I said, there really hasn't been a noticeable impact in volumes moving by rail. And with that, I'm going to wrap up this week. Again, from an intermodal perspective, we see a little bit of strengthening on a sequential basis. That's good, but it's still, on an absolute volume basis, uh, very weak compared to where we have been historically at this time of year. And we only have two or three more weeks before we start to see the typical holiday downshift, the typical holiday slowdown in volumes, not just for intermodal, but also on the carload side of the house. Carload volumes, it was good to see that most sectors bounced back nicely from the dip they experienced a couple of weeks ago in loading. That is good to see. That says that it's not necessarily related to economic activity, not a downshift in the underlying economy, the underlying demand for freight, but really rail-specific issues that will resolve themselves and that will give us some hope for stability and maybe a little bit of upside surprise before, again, the seasonal downturn occurs in volumes right around that, that Thanksgiving holiday that, as we turn around here at the end of October, is getting pretty big in the windshield here. And with that, I'd like to wrap up. Thank you for listening this week. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. As always, if you have questions about what you hear in the podcast, what you see in our reports, what you're seeing in your business, feel free to reach out get with myself, any member of the FTR team, we literally get up in the morning to talk about transportation. It's one of the things we really do love to do uh, in this world. So uh, get, feel free to reach out. Happy to talk about it. Happy to hear what you're seeing in your business. As always, I am your host, Todd Tronowski, the Vice President of Rail and Intermodal here at FTR. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a great week. We'll talk to you all again next week. That's it for this week's Rail Market Update on the State of Freight podcast. The Rail Market Update will be published each week along with a downloadable PDF of the presentation. 
If you find this transportation intelligence useful, please take a moment to give us a positive rating on your podcast platform of choice and send us your feedback by email at podcast.ftrintel.com. You can find more publicly available State of Freight content and download the PDF of today's presentation by going to www.ftrintel.com podcast. FTR is the leader in freight transportation forecasting in North America, providing consistently reliable reports for trucking, rail, and intermodal transportation, as well as providing demand analysis for commercial vehicle and rail car. For more information about the work of FTR, visit www.ftrintel.com or call us at 888-988-1699 to find out which publications will best support your business. 